there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Misa Konga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks, man. I'm struggling to warm up when I get inside. Hmm. It's taking me a while. It's taking me a while to thaw out. Ah, well, luckily I'm all inside. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're cold inside, very ice cold. That's true, ice cold heart. that's true. No, I no, no. Yeah. I'm very well. I'm in an undisclosed location somewhere in Europe at a friend's book launch. Very exciting. I mean, um, you're not at the book launch right this second. No, right now, no, 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 right now, I know on the podcast. I'm also in a boomy room today, so apologies if it sounds a bit more boomy than normal. I mean, you do have kind of like to boom energy, but says the actual boomer of the podcast. Wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I wow. walked into that. Walked yeah. Into that. yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Boomer Ogwanga. <laughs> we hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, wherever you are in the world. We're coming to you a little bit later this week. We're recording this Monday evening, but before the Monday evening fixtures have kicked off. So apologies if your team is playing on Monday night. We probably won't catch them. Mm. Uh, we had to record a little bit later because you were travelling. Wright's House did the emergency pod on Sunday night, which went up Monday morning, talking about Arsenal going top of the Premier League. Good emergency to have. It was great. Clive, Clive Palmer from Arsenal Vision Podcast back on there and Flo Lloyd Hughes doing great things. Before we start, though, can I just uh, throw Flo under the bus, metaphorically? Uh, because she's, uh, she's, a, she's a bit of a narc, man. What's that? Flo's just, you know, pulling in up on all his shit. Reminding like, people of her old takes. Yeah, and, you know, she was like, oh, I heard you on a, on a big podcast with your friends last week talking about how Everton might win this game against Manchester United. Can well, I they just, mightn't have. They can, might I just, have done. can I just go to? I think I also said this name on Stadio pretty much, or suggested as much. So mm. take that, but, Florence. But for one or two bad misses, well, maybe we'll talk about some, this. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into because that. we're going to get quite roundupy today, I think, because there was just um, there was some good stuff happened this weekend in the football world, and it was quite fun. A lot of it was quite fun. I had to catch the Premier League in retrospect, so I did all of my watching on Monday morning. I think I sent you a message, didn't I, being like, just catching up on the Premier League. Funny fucking league, man. The games you found boring, I found quite interesting. No, I didn't find them boring. I just thought that the whole Premier League in general this weekend was quite funny. In general, um, it was kind of on one, that's true. Yeah, and it's, it's like, it, do you know what? I mean, actually, I'll save this. I'll save this for, for, for when we actually start, because we need to do a quick bit of admin. So Wright's House is already up, and then uh, Stadio will be back on Thursday. We're going to record Wednesday night straight after the Champions League game. So if we get it edited in time, it'll go up late, late, late. But it might go up um, first thing Thursday morning. And then Wright's House might be up later on Friday. Not too sure yet. But make sure you go and check Counterpressed as well, running as normal this week. And um, yeah, if you do like what we do, please give us a rating and a review. It'd be lovely. And that's all the admin. So today we're going to talk Premier League first, maybe. Yeah, Premier League first. And we'll do a quick roundup. There's obviously Derby d'Italia as well and another Jude Bellingham goal, which means he broke a record, a Real Madrid record, which is incredible. Another one. Another, that, another guy, one. that guy, that oh, guy. On, on, on the weekend of DJ Khaled's birthday. Another, another one. one. Really, was it? Oh my goodness. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, and then we're going to talk about everyone's second favourite league in the world which is the, <laughs> the actual Bundesliga. Yes. Because we all know that everyone's favourite league in the world is the Zweiter Bundesliga. <laughs> Before we start, sad news on Sunday, the passing of Terry Venables, yep. former England Spurs, Barcelona manager, among others, passed away sadly at the age of 80. Always remember him for, from just, year 96, I think, just like being young and that mm. being my first real memory of experience, a tournament with, when I kind of like knew what was going on. 
and just him being such a prominent figure in that and someone who just seemed very beloved and seeing all of the uh, tributes and warm stories that have come out about him has been I think yeah that the, the freedom I think his legacy is the freedom he got England to play with under such pressure yeah you consider an England team playing at home um, huge historical rivals Holland Germany and you know they, they, they played some brilliant stuff against Germany and were mm. unfortunate a game probably should have won um, and Holland of course the famous 4-1 evisceration in the group stages um, and just gen- just generally like getting performances like that of Redknapp and McManaman and Gascoigne of course all thriving and the players really seem to enjoy their football that, that's a legacy really mm. for England players to enjoy themselves um, it's the first time we kind of seen it because even when we'd seen you know we saw Bobby Robson's teams and they the pressure really weighed heavy with the tabloids really going after them. It's not like the age of social media now where you've got the tabloid headlines, but you've got social media kind of on the flan- on the player side a bit more. Mm. And it's more even, it kind of like, I feel like this of the age of social media has kind of, it's leveled the playing field a bit more in some ways, I think. Um, and really Venables just took that and took it head on, you know, produced a team that, and you know, there's a couple of, Couple of players I would have selected, I think. Uh, the Venable <laughs> squad. <laughs> a couple of players who I think would have added something to the Venable squad who would have um, mm. maybe taken them over the line. But all in all, just um, a coach who I think Gallonica said it best like innovative, forward thinking, uh, in a tactical sense, mm. and made things happen. Um, so, yeah, obviously, uh, rest in peace and someone that pushed the game forward in many ways. Yeah, condolences going out to his family and friends and loved ones. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sad news. All right, man. So the Premier League. Do you know what it reminded me of? What's that? This weekend, the Premier League reminded me of Succession because you're watching essentially this comedy drama backed by a load of fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> and everything just got a bit ridiculous. It just it, was... It was absurd. It was the theatre of the it, absurd. It was really absurd. I think we should start, if you don't mind... Can I start with Spurs Villa? Because, and this isn't because of Spurs, like, because occasionally we get this when Chelsea fans and Spurs fans, whenever they lose, they all, and, and if we go with that shot, that bit first, they're always like, oh my God. <laughs> it's only when we lose. The reason I'm mentioning this first is because Villa are doing their absolute best to go unnoticed. To, no, to make us actually talk about them. You think they are? And the funny thing is, we already did talk about them and Villa I think we've talked, we talked about this before, right? How Villa fans is the first fan base of a side outside like the top, you know, the quote unquote big six that have been like, please stop talking about us. Yeah, that's right. But now I think it's time to give, uh, to give their due. What? They're in fourth, man. They're in fourth. They're what, two points off top? An absolutely incredible start. Mm. to the season. Apparently, it's the first time they've been in the top four this late into the season since 2009. And if you consider Villa's form since Emery took over, not just this season, just that's the thing. Is, this is the thing. They, they began this season with momentum. So they're just on one. They're just literally just pushing through. And just the goals they're getting, like Watkins. You know, this is the thing. When a team is locked in and you're getting performances, not only from the strikers, but you're getting depth. Mm. When you've got Tielemans off the bench and when you can sub out and sub in a player like Moussa Diaby, a player of that quality, you're absolutely laughing. Like mm. Villa are just serious. I mean, serious proposition. I know I joked about calling them Aston Sevilla before, but they're looking like an extremely solid mm. Europa League team and with a bit of luck could get Champions League. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, like it's only the third way into the season, but in terms of the quality they've shown so far and the performances, the results... They look absolutely solid in terms of European equality, which oh, Villa fans should be ecstat- ecstatic with. That's outstanding. That's yeah, but I think we've also seen in the last few years of the Premier League that occasionally, I mean, we, to be honest, we literally saw it last season with Newcastle. I don't think Newcastle fans will take too much offence to this to say that I think if Chelsea and or Liverpool had been fully firing last season, mm. they would have struggled for the top four. But they, what they did do, which is amazingly, like they did do amazingly well, was completely capitalise on one yes. of those spaces opening up, which, and actually, to be honest, also that was quite, that was extra, that was extra good in a way because Arsenal haven't been in those positions for the last few years. Mm, so, right. so they could have even been another one open up really. And I think what, what, what you're seeing now is these really well-coached teams just outside of the traditional Champions League spots 
who have obviously, you know, been, been backed really well. And um, because of the money that's available in the Premier League, mm. it's, if, if you misstep as one of those regular Champions League sides, people will jump in there, no problem. And Without Villa, question. Yeah. I don't want to do this thing, which happens a lot of on off the weekend stuff, but by like making a definitive wild take off the back of a run of good form, especially in November. But if this was what the top four looked like at the end of the season, it wouldn't be a massive surprise, actually. I don't think it would be a gigantic surprise at all. No, not at all. And that, I think, is whether they get there or not, Villa, I think that is just a a testament to how good a job they're doing, how well they're playing, and the job that Unai Emery is doing in managing that, that club. It's brilliant. Um, and there's no noise coming out of Villa either. No noise at all. No, the no, little no bit of noise, noise, the only noise that came out was Tielemans wanting to be played more. That came out, and then he just carried on talking, and then clearly it was like, I'm embarrassed myself. He got back into the team. Well, he got back into the mix in really good form. And it's just the way they're handling stuff. It's just, everything's aligned. Mm. Everyone's and, moving in the same direction. And he's improving the performance of players as well. Yeah. And just the game in general. La Celso, great strike for the first. Obviously, it's like a great, yeah, it's strike, great yeah. strike. Watkins header with a few, within a few seconds, spiritually onside. Yes. Allowed. Yes, very much so. The tackle by M- Matty Cash on Rodrigo Bentancourt was really bad. I mm. think Bentancourt, I think that was his first, first this is the, start since and like, we'll talk about Spurs very briefly in a minute, but first start since coming back from that injury yeah. and it looks like he might miss more time off the back of it. I haven't seen the latest Poor injury guy. report. I think, I think Cash was quite lucky to get away with that because um, it wasn't a good tackle at all. And then two good goals from Villa. The Pau Torres yeah. header was really good, like really, really aesthetically pleasing and great finish by Ollie Watkins. Son had the ball in the net a few times all offside. But so just a great win for Villa, and to be honest, they weren't even that good for the first half. I Spurs think. very impressive early on. Spurs, actually. I think, yeah. and this is this is why I think actually, from a Spurs point of view, there are a lot of positives to take out of this result. A lot. I know it's the third Premier League defeat on the bounce. Still only four points off top. Like yeah, and yeah. also considering all the injuries, it's almost a perfect time for Postacoglu to go on a run like this because you built up so much goodwill at the start of the season. Mm. There was clearly a change in direction and a clearly a change in connection between the right. fans and the club, which I think was a major, major, major thing that needed fixing at Spurs. That's already there. You've built up, they've seen how positive this can be when everyone is fit. You've got this um, like incredible run of, or like a collection of injuries and you're playing good teams. Like, the Chelsea game is a real one, easy to, because you've got, you've got down to te- uh, nine players as well. Obviously, they've got a suspension from that at the moment. In Romero, along with all the other injuries, I think if they can stay within like five, six, seven points of the top four and then get everyone back, they're going to be a real factor. Yeah. And, and just one more thing on this. I think Postacoglu has uh, proved himself not to just be copy and pet mate, because he didn't play four centre-backs, he played four full-backs. <laughs> Take that, Pep. Take that, Pep. Um, but yeah, great win for Villa. Great win. Really good, yeah. The other Sunday game, Everton nil, Manchester United 3. Can I just say, Manchester United, it's the most catfish crisis I've ever seen. You're a few points off the top with a goal difference of zero, 4-16 against 16. Like, they're not even that badly placed in the league. But there's always so much noise around what United should be. Um, okay, first of all, like headline of this is a 3-0 win at Goodison Park has been a good result for the last few decades, actually. That's mm. an excellent result. Um, the Garnacho overhead kick was Fucking hell. just the <laughs> cleanest strike. It was unbelievably clean, acrobatic, athletic, all the rest of it. I mean, it's a absolute worldie. Um, I mean, it's goal of the season. Yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. It's, it's definitely up. And there'll be other great goals, but that feels like a front runner. Mm. That is such a clean strike, technically perfect. Um, the other thing I would say about this game as well is, you know, I did a resilient Onana had a really good game because Everton, but for some bad finishing, you know, should have got something. The Dukure miss was the one. Oh, that was the one. Yeah. Cause that was the one. That's one, one. Yeah. Then yeah. That was, <sighs> I think that makes that game a hell of a lot more difficult for Manchester United, especially in that atmosphere. The angle that he met it and Onana, you know, was, 
slightly flat-footed when it came in, no, no judgment on the keeper there, just in terms of the angle it came in. Puts that on target, that's one all, then it's just a completely different match. And yeah. I think everyone kind of knew. So yeah, um, great win for United, that. Um, yeah, and- I mean, I, I genuinely think that was a really, that was one of the most impressive performances and results of the United season so far, because that atmosphere, especially at this time, off the back of the points deduction, mm. is really, really difficult. And Ten Hag wasn't even on the bench, he was in the stand because he was serving a touchline ban with his flat cap. <laughs> Eric Ten flat cap. Um, and to get out of there with a win, I mean, the goal coming when it was, was it second, third minute? It was just such a... The, do you know what's actually really interesting was the noise of the stadium when the goal went in. Yes, yes. It was really, really weird actually because you could hear the United fans but they were up the other end at the in the corner. Mm. And I think there was just this this mixture of shock or disappointment and disbelief from the Everton fans at yeah. the goal as well. Um, it was an amazing goal. It's Just astonishing. Yeah. Manchester the, United. The only, in, 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 well, had, had he not scored that goal, the headlines probably would have gone to Kobe Mainu yeah. making his Premier League debut at the age of 18. Um, and a really assured performance. Yeah, it was excellent. So, yeah. shout out for him as well. Really yeah. impressive. On that, Manchester United, uh, that was the, they became the first club to reach 500 Premier League clean sheets after that game. Seems wow. pretty wild. That's that a, is a wild stat. Yeah, it's a lot of clean sheets. They've been on four ninety nine for a while though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's so. let's shout out Luton. Luton got their first Premier League home win. They beat Palace two one, but <laughs> Palace looked really good, and they lost uh, Eze and Decore in this game, which I think is was bad for them. That Eze one in the first half was weird. Mm. Um, but Michael Isso's goal was so sick. Do you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of like. Messi, like just a goal that Messi scored against Athletic Club, just any one of them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> just one of those. Messi had like a highlight reel just for Athletic Club, didn't he? Yeah. He has like a highlight reel. Like you have to say, oh, Messi has Athletic's like which of your favourite, and it's like there's a top three. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember there was a? I think a long, 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 long time ago, I wrote a piece which was like Messi picks the ball up on the halfway line out wide, and you're like. For nine out of ten players, you know what goal you're talking about. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you could even narrow it down and be like, against Athletic Club. Yeah. And for nine out of ten players, you would know what goal you're talking about. Yeah, the best is like, him. it's yeah. one of three or four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that is, a, that is such a good win for Luton. I'm just glad their luck has slightly turned Luton. Yeah. Um, because they were due that. They've been putting in some really good performances from the start of the season, mm. but not getting points. And I know they're not like, you know, a self-pitying club, but it did feel like the quality wasn't matching me. Um, the quality of the performances wasn't matching the outcomes. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really glad for them, to be honest. Should we race through the other fixtures before we do Man City-Liverpool? Because this was the showpiece fixture of the weekend, but not the greatest game in terms of entertainment of the weekend, but it was quite intriguing. So quickly shout out Newcastle, beat Chelsea 4-1. This mm. was really disappointing from a Chelsea point of view, I think. Potch mm. in the stands as well. He was so angry, he was raging. Um, Sterling got a picture of free kick, so there's some joy oh, there. Absolutely amazing free yeah. kick. Yeah. Um, Thiago Silva, unfortunately, had a real... I'm almost 40 moment. I mean, that's uh, actually, I, that was relatable. I, well, <laughs> I was going to say, it's very rarely that you can actually relate to a Premier League football in terms of play. Right. But yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah, we've tried that. A little bit of skill, falling on his ass, and he gives away the corner for the, jo- uh, gives yeah. away the ball. Well, he gives away the corner then, and then he gives away the, the thing for the Jolinton goal. I mean, being hounded by, being hounded by the press away at St. James's Park. Mm. Must make you subconsciously wish that the gates of retirement a little closer. I do, um, honestly, there are a few yeah. things that I think I would want less. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. Isaac um, again, Isaac again, just looking the business. All the goals were amazing this game, yeah, yeah, I thought. Yeah, like, really yeah. enjoyable. Like, yeah. Isaac's first goal was great. That ball from Lewis Smiley was... The touch as well, but oh Isaac, just the first God. touch, yeah. It was so good. Like, actually, props to Miley, because that was a really, really good performance. And that pass, actually, is it's quite a brave pass in that, in that position. Yeah. And one that he could have played a safer pass, I think. I think there were a couple of options out wide. I mean, at that point in the game, to see that pass, to slice the defence open, and then he Punch it. Um, yeah, it was so good. The thing I loved after the Sterling free kick, though, was how extra Nicholas Jackson is. Like, I didn't see that. No, no. What was <sighs> He came over to, he came celebrating. Like, you know, he did the all, all of the, it was like he was button bashing on EAFC oh, in right, the Spurs okay, yeah. game when he was doing all the celebrations at yeah. once, which actually Kai Harvitz had a little, a little nibble at on his Brentford goal. 
Yeah, but, interesting. Um, yeah. Jackson came over and he was so extra, just like kind of like pushing Raheem and stuff. Like, I can just imagine Raheem standing just being like, just fucking leave me alone, yeah. man. Because that was still the equalizer, wasn't it? Still exactly. Equalized, wasn't yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. they'd won the game. Yeah. Uh, Lascelles header was really good. Yeah. The Joel Linton won, what was that, like a minute and a half nice later? Finish. Just a nice finish, yeah. So good. And then Reese James getting sent off. Um, which, I mean, it was totally deserved. It was a, it was a weird couple of like red cards weird, experienced yeah, kind of players reds, this yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the Lewis Dunk one in a minute. But yeah, um, yeah then good goal from Anthony Gordon for, for Newcastle's four. So that's probably, I mean, Poch said it after the game, that was one of their worst, if not their worst performance of the season. Especially considering how they've been playing in recent weeks. Yeah. yeah. Bit of a fall um, off. Burnley won, West Ham two. Burnley scored one penalty. Probably should have had another, mm. I think. Yeah, I think so. I can't, there was, there was one in the, the Dortmund game, which we'll talk about, but I, there were a couple of weird decisions that I couldn't understand why they weren't given this week. And I thought that was a penalty, especially after, I mean, I suppose the, probably by the, you know, the massive, over, like massive error or something. Yeah. But I thought, I still thought it was a penalty. What well, Bernie's not getting the luck actually. Uh, the, the highlight here actually, before I forget, I think is Kudus though. Kudus popping up and delivering. I mean, There's a couple of highlights. Yeah. Yeah. That's Ian was talking about him on Wright's house, actually, about how he's just slotted in. And I mean, this was a player so highly regarded at Ajax. I mean, like he absolutely like tore Liverpool apart at Anfield. Drumber, he's got that really good goal off yeah. the bar, right? Um, and the thing about like the, the, thing about the West Ham attack, actually, this is the thing about the West Ham attack. It's kind of, you can take as much, it's, it's a bit like, actually, you know, there's, you know, like the Chelsea number nine has been a really difficult position to play for years because it's kind of like, it's kind of DIY. You have to kind of make it happen. The West Ham attack is kind of the same. You, people, players that take responsibility, that create their own shots, really thrive there. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think Skamaka tr had trouble because he likes to play in a system attack and it wasn't really set up around him. But Kudus is just, as much responsibility as he wants, takes it. And he was so impressive in this game. Good win that um, for West Ham on the road. Good win for Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth are looking good, man. They are, they are. 3-1 at Sheffield United. And to be honest, they, they absolutely flew out against them. They did, they did. Clive Edding is dead proud as well. Really nice finish from an angle. Really nice finish. In fact, all their goals are pretty nice, Bournemouth. Can I make a confession on this though? I actually missed the miscontrol when I was watching it for the first time. I had to go oh, back and watch it. Oh, from the keeper? It. Yeah, yeah, because there were two players squaring up in the middle of the pitch. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching that. It's like the Copa Libertadores final. I was just like, <laughs> Ooh, what's going on in the middle? And then all of a sudden, because it looked like it was just going to be completely routine for Fodringham, right? Right, right, yeah. So was, exactly, my, exactly. my attention had been like, all right, well, that's going back to the keeper. I'm going to watch these two kick off because something's going to happen here. Good for Clive to chase it down, actually. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden the ball was back in the, in the back of the net. But um, Great finish. Yeah, I mean, that's such a great hire, Andoni Areola, And mm. he did such a great job before this. And I think that you, slow start, but you could see the process starting to take shape. Yeah, and I, I think actually they, they, I think there are a couple of teams, I, I know I was talking about this, how I fancied maybe five or six teams to go down instead of Everton. Yeah. Bournemouth out of all of them look like the ones who might just propel up the league. Like in a few games, for example, you might be looking at them and being like, oh, they're all of a sudden like 10th. Right, you know right. You what I mean? Like, they just I think look really because good. If you look at that bottom few, mm. if you look at the performances, and this is not to judge other teams who are down there, you know, Bournemouth and Luton, I think you can say the performances and obviously Everton's seduction has been so brutal. So it's almost mm -hmm. unfair to judge them by those standards. But, you know, Bournemouth and Luton's performances in particular, I think have been really, they've deserved a little bit more than, um, mm -hmm. than what they've got, I would say. I think we were talking about Luton. Was it after the, they got a point, I can't remember who it was against. And we were saying that if they can just pick up those, I think right. it wasn't the Liverpool game. I think it was the Forest game. It was the Forest yes. game, the two all yeah. away yeah. from home. We were saying like, listen, that is probably not a game that they thought they might've got anything from mm. if you were going to go through them at the beginning of the season. Mm. And if they can pick up those points, you, the, the impact that that has, you know, the point against Liverpool was massive. That Liverpool point is looking good. Yeah, it's, it's looking, really, really yeah, it's good. Going, yeah, better each week. And it's just all of a sudden, I mean, because I, I do think that this Premier League is a little bit different to last season where I think there is a clear gap between the top and the bottom. Like that, I think, I don't like saying bad teams because... Teams are few resources, let's be honest. I think, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's but resources now, but I think the I think the gap this season is a little bit, bit more pronounced and I do think... Because a lot of the big clubs it, have got their act together. Yeah, and actually I think, it, I think it will take fewer points to stay up than it has done in recent years. 
Mm, I can see that. I can see that. All right. Let's quickly shout out Arsenal. Oh, actually, mm. no. We, no, no, no. We need to talk about Forrest Brighton first because uh, Alanga, early header, great goal. Yeah. Evan Equalizer. Uh, Evan Ferguson with an Equalizer. That um, is a lovely finish. Oh my God, man. He's so good. He's so good. The funny thing about this was that it cuts to Roberto De Zerbi straight after the goal and he throws a bottle down like he's conceded. Like, what are you angry about? I mean, that's the question that's been asked at De Zerbi for the last probably couple of seasons, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Jao Pedro got another another good header. Brace, good headers yeah. this weekend. Yeah, there were. There were. That, that, his header was an absolute banger from the penalty spot. So good, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lewis double descent dunk. That's what I'm calling him now. Double dunk. That booking was so stupid. The second one. I mean, no, I mean, both of them. Mm. And then Lewis Dunk turns around and just, I think he's like, oh shit, I've, I've messed up here. I'm going to turn around and be like, here's a handshake. And then mm. he's just like, nah, man, you're gone. You're out of here. And what we've been prompted that they were, they were sailing at three. Well, the decision. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Arsenal beat Brentford 1-0. Last gasp winner from Kai Havertz. Really, really happy for Kai Havertz. Lovely head of that. Really nice angle down the cross. And he, made, he made a real difference when he came on. He did that one, did. one bit where he broke down the line and kind of like cut and turned and just broke through. and um, Disappeared at the far post. Yeah, loved it. He did a couple of like celebrations. There was the, you know, the kind of like the poking your tongue out with the hands then there was a little bit of cup in the ear and then you know the, although can we talk about celebrations because when Trossard's goal was <laughs> was disallowed it cut to an F, uh, a Brentford fan in the stadium who was just doing the binocular celebration back at him oh my god <laughs> what mocking the disallowed bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. love it love it uh, which I found really funny there was a lot of fan interaction with celebrations actually this week there has to, we've got to get into that yeah yeah Brentford were really really good though considering the injuries they've got as well I think they handled Arsenal really well. And there's an interesting thing here about Arsenal where a lot of people are saying they're not playing as well as last season. I just think they're playing different. Uh, Clive was really good. Clive and Ian were talking about this on Wright's house and they brought the stats up on match of the day in terms of like, ex- like goals per game, XG per game. And it's all like 0.1 down. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, is it not, not playing as well? What, not, as, not as fluid, not as exciting? Well, I don't know. I just think they're facing different challenges in this season. They're, 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 they're better. They're better. Clearly they're better. better this, I think they're, they're better, better this season. They're more physical this season. They're way better defensively and they're yeah. facing teams who are expecting them to be better than teams who are expecting them to be last season. You know, Arsenal didn't have the tools to adapt to how teams were facing them in the second half of the season because they caught everyone on the hop like for the first half, right? Right. So people were giving them more space. People weren't giving them as much respect. I think, I actually think, I'm going to sound quite contrarian here, but I've, it's not been amazing fun to watch, but I think that Arsenal have probably been overall, while still seemingly having another gear that they could click into, I think playing really smart this year. Well, they like haven't. Really look, smart. if you consider that the position, the Granite Xhaka position, the Havertz now occupies, mm. is still on kind of standby. He's still warming up. You consider that Arsenal are still under construction and they're top of the league. Yep. After, a, after a game that was like, everyone was bidding Liverpool Man City as, oh my God, this could be the eventual, these are the mm-hmm. front runners and Arsenal just like going top of the league with, a, with a, a win away at Brentford. And we've said this is the cliche, but that's the kind of win that Arsenal quite literally do not get a couple of seasons ago. There's, there's a stat being, I mean, yeah, literally, there's a yeah, stat being wielded yeah. out at the moment that what, Brentford have only lost three of their 20, three, 20, three of the last 23 home games in the league. Uh, Newcastle once and Arsenal twice. There it is. And Brentford are a hell of a litmus test because... Yeah. They're a firm examination, especially the London kind of derby element as well. There's all of that. I love Thomas so, Frank's uh, response yeah. afterwards where he was just like, ah, oh, we were so close kind of thing. But, ah, uh, you know, Arsenal are that good. And then Mikel Arteta actually, I think was really, really good pointing out how good Brentford were. Mm. Because some, I think someone said, you know, you didn't play that well. And he was just like, no, 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 we played really, really well. These guys are really good, you know. Um, like, how do you not look, look, a point at Brentford is just a good result at any mm. point. So you go and get a win there in particular. Like, don't get me wrong, of course, a, um, a draw had been disappointing because we had a chance to go top, but it would not have been a bad result mm. as an individual matchup. And the fascinating thing for Arsenal is if you look at the City game as well, they've won tight matches. Yeah, and I think the only one they've lost in the league against Newcastle, they had that, yeah. that decision that is, was so dubious, even Pep was talking about this weekend. Right. <gasps> well, here's the thing. Everyone's had, all those big clubs have now had a dubious decision against them. Yeah. They've all had one. Are you just saying, are you saying it just evens itself out? I'm saying it evens itself out. Oh, you, you sound like. What's that? Flo Glock Hughes. Should That's what you sound like. 
Listen, the that's riff. one of the great that's the, one of the great compliments of my podcasting career. Flowed web. It's a great compliment. The great. <laughs> Flo the great, the great ref apologist. For goat. those who don't know, there's a goat lot of like Lloyd Hughes. Uh, Flo is very much a, a referee apologist in in a, in a very comedic, tongue in cheek, yeah. mischievous way. But um, all right, the big showpiece fixture of the weekend was yes. Manchester City won, Liverpool won. Mm. Headline: marginally better result for Liverpool than Manchester City, just because City have been winning. I mean, several consecutive games at home. Liverpool just a repeated sign of. The fact that they're, they're in, you know, they're in business again. And considering that their team is not even at its full potential, this was really impressive from them. Otherwise, um, outstanding performances, I've got to say Bernardo Silva was just otherworldly. He's like their kind of Luka Modric, really. The man that just does mm. the firefighter in all positions. Uh, yeah, so he was outstanding. Erling Haaland obviously got a nice one. And uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold exhibiting incredible short socks energy. Is it, what is it about that? What is about Pickford and like Trent with the short socks? Oh, Trent's been doing it for years though. The, yeah, but the tennis, yeah, but the tennis, there's a particular energy, isn't it? It's like a, the tennis socks, isn't it? I'm now calling him Trent Adizander Arnold. Now <laughs> he's a, now he's a, he's buying, he's back with Adidas. <laughs> Adizander. Can I just say also on that, on that thing, this game was weird because it felt like all the action was just that one flank. Doku. Yeah, Doku, Doku, yeah. Salah and Trent. And it was like, that's the business end and no one's really going to get much joy elsewhere. You know, like sometimes you watch the Wembley finals and there's only sunshine on one half of the pitch and the other winger plays in shadow. It was like that. <laughs> How did you find it? I don't think it was helped by being the early kickoff, actually. I don't want to be that guy. But I think okay. it would have been great if this had been like a, an evening kickoff. And I know it was moved for safety reasons because they don't like big fixtures being like on a Saturday afternoon where everyone's been on the lash in Manchester. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think it would have really benefited from being under the lights and, you know, a little, having a little bit more, you know, Pep was, Pep was talking about the crowd afterwards, which he does occasionally. Yeah. Let's be really honest about what's going on here. There's also nobody needlessly picking fights. Yes, Pep gets a bit, Pep gets a bit like testy after bad results and decisions and so does Klopp, right? And he gets, we've seen Klopp on the sideline. Pep normally uses the, the pulpit of the press conference mm. to go after people and Klopp uses the sideline to get a bit snarky, but that's reactive. Mm. we do not have managers. Let's be brutally honest. We do not have major managers. They shall remain unnamed, Jose and Fergie, <laughs> picking fights out of the blue. <laughs> you know, this isn't the, pre the Premier League in the era of Jose and Fergie, let's be honest, was the kind of league where you come outside and someone's clipped your wing mirrors for no reason at all. Like mm. the, there's plenty of road to pass by. Oh, you've clipped my wing mirrors. Why did you do it? Oh, it's my road actually. Mm. We don't have that. You've basically got a bunch of scientists in their laboratory, um, whether it's Ange, whether it's, um, yeah, you've got a bunch of scientists in the laboratory and every week they present their experiment and they present their findings. They're like, I don't know, they're like, if anything, most is like Sherlock and Moriarty at worst, at Ooh, worst. Do you know what I mean? You're right. At are worst. You're a writer, aren't you? No, no, but I you know what I mean? But I can tell. Are you, are you a writer? That's I'm, the question. Yes, I do like to talk about it. Knew it. I knew it. I knew there was always something about you. <laughs> but like, they're almost like Pep and <laughs> Pep and Klopp. I'm so sorry. I don't know. Why That's they're fine. Like. They're so busy managing the expectations of their fan bases and getting mm -hmm. the best out of their expensively assembled squads. They actually can't be can't be bothered extra hassle. But for example, look at the way that Pep yeah. played the. I said the way Pep played the derby. Classic example. Pep mm. was like, control. Don't go wild. Lock it down get out of here. Whereas this game goes with slightly more and it's fascinating, you know, using Doku against um, Trent, making Trent defend. I mean, it's not, not the most complicated tactic, but like making, Doc, make, making Trent defend, but Trent, to his credit, still advancing, still causing trouble. Yeah. Start the second half. It's quite brave. Start this, exactly. Yeah. I've always talked about like Pavard against Di Maria in the World Cup in a 2018, I'm obsessed with that because I always thought it was brave for Pavard to step up like he did. Mm. And the start of the second half, after the chasing that Docker gave him the first half, not that he was particularly bad, Trent, just that Docker was really good. I thought it was really bold of Trent, not just tactically in terms of what Klopp told to do, but actually he went looking for it. Mm. And actually I want to give a shout to Mo Salah because Mo Salah was incredibly disciplined. This is a player who was clearly aware from kickoff he would not get much of the ball. Mm. But what he did with it was extremely impressive the way he kept stretching the play 
and then getting a really good assist. And actually, Liverpool's goal, one more shout I want to give to um, McAllister, because McAllister is playing in a position that's unfamiliar. I think we saw that from the opening goal where he was slightly caught out by the slice clearance from Alisson. Um, I'm not blaming him primarily. I'm just saying that I think an experienced defensive midfielder would have tucked into that gap that Ake saw just a split second earlier. Yeah, yeah. Now, you spot okay, the, you're kind of aware of danger. You, you know I mean, you're, you're cutting back and across, whereas he was slightly caught, I think, square for it. But to McAllister's credit, the pass that he plays to Gravenberch, just after, just after it could have been 2-0 from Holland and the save from Alisson, the pass that McAllister plays, there's very few midfielders that sense of calm, finds Gravenberch, draws up the field, Diaz squares it back across to Salah, which is a really nice pass into the pocket and the finish from Trent. That goal actually said so much about Liverpool's resilience and also about McAllister's resilience too. The fact that this man was like, okay, not my natural position, but so calm to do that from there. So um, yeah, I thought from Liverpool's perspective, the resilience was so impressive. And one other thing from this game, what is noted as well, Julian Alvarez has successfully accepted or been sold a role as basically a centre midfielder. No, yeah. And he's got, he's just done it. He's like, he's one of the best young number nines in the well, world. I mean, to be honest, he, I bet he's happy that he's playing so much. No, that's, that's true. It's just, you know, I just, knowing that he, and this is Pep's ability, Pep can like sell something to you that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. done otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Man City is one of the few clubs in the world where you sign for Pep without really knowing how you're going to end up mm-hmm. playing under Pep. And Pep's like, I've got a plan for it. And about two, three months in, Pep's actually like, well, no, to be honest, you're going to be a left back for us. And you're like, it's kind of what I signed up for. Hey, listen, man, Kai Harvest can do it for Germany. <laughs> well, I'd love to see what Pep would do with it. Anyway, well, actually, no, the truth what is- are you talking about? Stop that. Leave him alone. The truth Leave is- Kai alone. The truth is we're seeing what Pep would do with, with Kai under Arteta, actually. I'm not sure they do vastly different things. No, I don't yeah. either. So City were without Grealish, De Bruyne, Kovacic, Nunez. Nunez. Stones. That was a big absence mm. as well. The Stones well, absence. he was on the bench, right? Yeah. Um, and they made no substitutions, which I thought was really curious. But Pep's done this before. And like it's... Kanji and centre mid as well. Yeah, but to be honest, in, with, with possession, it's not really that dissimilar to what, what, what they do normally anyway. I think, but he's broke. Yeah, but he's still. That's again. That's what Pep's done like three years ago. That's like the thought of that would just be like, no. Yeah, but I actually think that Pep knew that that threat was going to basically be, of course, Diogo Jota, Salah down both wings. So you've got Walker and Ake and Doku, who's obviously rapid, can cut back in. Rodri can file out one side. Akanji can like fill in the other side, and they just stop that those runs through the middle. Yeah, because that was (laughs) that was I think probably how Liverpool were going to hurt City. And I think City contained them quite well. I think so. Rodri was class again. Klopp said something after the game, which I thought was quite interesting. We said, you know, we didn't control them because you can't, but we controlled them better in the second half. I think that's quite fair. And I think Liverpool, I think also had a little bit of luck in a sense that... Oh, that disallowed, the disallowed goal. I don't, I'm still, I I don't know what went on there. So Ian on match the day saying that, you know, put the arm on on the goalkeeper. That's it, isn't gonna, it? That's it. That's the, that, I mean, that, and that's why it was good. I'm not trying it. to be like too yeah. much of a Luddite about it. Yeah. Um, what I would say as well, Alisson doing my favourite thing um, that goalkeepers do, which is they make a mistake and then scream at everyone else. And then that go down holding that always my favourite. It's always <laughs> it's my favourite thing. the trifecta. You, you slice <laughs> a bad triple. clearance. That should be the triple crown of goalkeeper. <laughs> make a bad clearance, scream at everyone else, accept no responsibility. Love go it. Down, to be fair. Hold the hamstring. <laughs> Did bail himself out well with a nice save. I made a couple Holland. of great saves. That's yeah, what I mean. He, he was kind of on a journey. This like he had some was. uncharacteristically nervy. Maybe not seen since I don't know that Leicester away game a few years ago. <laughs> because they, they keep like, underestimating how quickly Holland gets up on them. Yeah, I mean, well, he's a step Holland. quicker. He's a step quicker than everyone thinks. Let's talk about Erling Holland. Yeah, we have to fastest to fifty Premier League goals in history. Forty-eight games in forty-eight games, and uh, there have been quote-unquote goal droughts in that time as well. He needs to go and play in a tough league like the Bundesliga. No, I, I think he'd struggle in the Bundesliga, actually. He needs to go somewhere it's actually harder to score. Can, um, he, do it on a, can he do it on a chilly afternoon in Leverkusen? Can he? Who can? These days, who can? These days, actually. No one can. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get to them in a moment. But uh, apparently it's the first game City haven't won at home this year. Unreal. <laughs> what? They just <laughs> quietly put together these runs, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, first goal of the season for Trent, like we mentioned. Love that finish. Love it. And then Darwin Nunez and Pep had a little bit of... Uh, Pep, Pep was, was just odd. classic. It was just like, what's up here, lad? Pep was like, this is not an angry game. What's this yeah, about? It's not an angry game. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? And I mean, Clark, that's the happiest I've seen managers greet each other at the start and end of a game. Yeah. Like they were really happy at the start and at the end they were like, no, fair enough, one all. Okay. It was quite, it was quite similar to the Derby d'Italia, actually. Oh yes, good point. Good yeah. point. Um, so anyway, that That's means that honest. Arsenal yeah. go top of the Premier League, mm. point clear of Manchester City, who are a point clear of Liverpool, who are level on points, the head on goal difference from Villa. Uh, next weekend's games, uh, Man City hosts Spurs, which is going to be really tricky for Spurs. Arsenal host Wolves, Liverpool host Fulham, Villa go to Bournemouth. And then you've got Manchester, uh, Newcastle United versus Manchester United, who are sixth and seventh. So good round of fit. And then you've got Brighton, Chelsea, and West Ham Palace. You've got some great fixtures next week. Really good, yeah. Uh, should we take a break? Let's do it. Uh, all right, man, where should we go? Should we do Derby to Tally quickly? Because it wasn't yeah, let's do it. a classic. Let's do, it. let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ended one all between mm. Juve and Inter. Uh, and you were talking about managers who greeted each other at the beginning of the game and we're chill and we're chill at the end of the game as well. I think Inzaghi was very happy with this point. I think so and rightly so because Juventus started really well. Yes. Really, did. really well. Um, Chiesa had that one chance which I think he should have scored. Yeah, he should, actually. yeah, put it over yeah. the top and he, with, yeah, his quality, he should just punch it in the top corner. Mm. Um, not this hand, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> had to be clear. Vlajevic with a curious, I'm not really following the conversations happening with the Juventus fans and Vlajevic, but oh, all the media was, yeah. scoring a goal and then like giving it the whole, yeah, it me. And I'm like, you didn't score a banger though. Like, well, can, no, no, no. To be fair, I think it was a really good goal from him. It was a gorgeous view, finish. It was like an Ozil type. Well, no, because he wins fade. the ball back off Dumfries in the middle of midfield and then lays it off. So he kind of like picks Dumfries' pocket the finish and then lays too. it out to Chiesa who bombs down the left-hand side. And then cuts, cuts back across, to Vlajevic. Cuts across it, doesn't he? Lovely side for fit, finish into the corner. And he does, yeah, he does this. The thing about the celebration is that there's a good kind of like, oh yeah, what's that? What? Yeah, yeah, it's me. Yeah. Let's see. I'm scoring. I'm scoring. And it keeps I carrying that. on. And it carries and it on. went on for fucking ages. That's the and thing. Like, like five dude, minutes. Yeah. All right, man. We get it. It's like, you know, when like bands just keep doing encores, it's like, yeah, even we're not really, I'm, I'm a diehard fan, right? And even I'm not having that good a time anymore. You look at the drummer, you're like, like you're, you know, you look at someone, you look at the drum and the drummer's like, we've only got like one encore tune. Yeah, just like, guys, can we, we've got trains to catch. Yeah, The yeah. gig's been four hours. This has been great. I've got my money's worth. Can we go home? Uh, That's a big celebration. But can I say this as well? I want to shout out um, a couple of things. First of all, the immense respect you may have for Marcus Duran because they double teamed that man. At yeah. one point, the, the man treatment, man. They, they double teamed that man, um, but that didn't stop him breaking free. That was a gorgeous goal that Inter scored. Inter scored a classic counter-attack goal. Really quick, like really, really good response. Yeah. Stunning. Well. It's a stunning goal. Yeah. Beautifully constructed. Lautaro and um, Turam combining in wonderful fashion. The most fluid forward line they've had in a while, which is saying something considering the quad they've had up front. Lataro again, just on a scoring streak. Um, he, he's, he's doing really well up there. But yeah, top scoring, the game, top scoring Serie A. Game kind of died after that. That was it. Yeah, that, that was, was basically it. it. Yeah, 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 it was. It was pretty dry after that, actually. Mm. And I, but I think that probably suited Inter more than Juve because Inter, I think, are I wouldn't say by far and away, but they are the best team in Serie A this season so far. They've scored the most goals. They've conceded the few, fewest goals. They look the most fluid. I think some of the departures from last season have actually helped. It's how, uh, and obviously Turam coming in has been an amazing sign yeah. for them. We said that that, you know, that shirt looks very heavy, understandably, right at the beginning. And he was coming off the back of that injury as well, remember. But he, Turam has got a high ceiling. Oh, dude. He's got a high like, ceiling. <clears throat> I remember not long after, we, or when we started Stadio, we were just like so excited about Marcus Turam. And I think we were excited about a lot of that Gladbach squad. Um, I mean, do you remember the year, I think it, it might have even been the 2019-20 season when they could have gone in uh, to the winter break top. Yeah. I think they drew 0-0 at Herter. I was, I was at that game. It was so cold. <laughs> so, like, I mean, the, the Olympic Stadion at the best of times has, oh my God. The best of times has its own kind of microclimate. It does, yeah. It's the only place that you'll need to take a jacket, even if it's 34 degrees in Berlin, because for some right. reason it's always yeah. just cold in there. But yeah, I think they drew 0-0 at the winter uh, and, and it meant they didn't go top at the winter break. But I think that's, that's right. But, but a lot of that squad looks so exciting and they've still, I mean, I'm going to talk about Gladbach in a little bit and some of them are still there and some of them are still playing really, really well. But I think 
they kind of lost the magic for a bit there. Some did. I mean, but, but Gladbach, Gladbach to Inter is a huge leap. But Gladbach are a big club in Germany. I mean, this is, this is a huge 1990s signing. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a 1990s transfer move. Yeah. Gladbach to Inter. And it was so 1990s that Lillian was in the crowd loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing the same glasses that he used to wear back then because they're Absolutely. now back in fashion. Yeah, and yeah. He's just like the coolest, the coolest Can I say, actually, around. when Patrice Evra said, when his, his take that just reading a few books doesn't make you Malcolm oh, X. yeah, that was a bad take. You know, it's aged really badly. If you look at the work that, Mark, that, that Lillian's done yeah. on and off the field as a mentor of his, of his kids and as an activist. No. Yeah. And then- Did not age know, well. The person who threw the accusation was doing weird things to poultry on a social media platform. I just oh don't get it. I, again, man, I can't think where of that. They, like, where are they now? I can't think <laughs> of, I can't, like that, that made me question everything I knew about handling raw poultry. I'm just glad I didn't get salmonella, to be honest. Well, this is the thing. Like, we grew up being, like, almost having it drilled into you, right, about, yeah. you know, don't wash your hands, wash your hands. Like, don't, oh my God, don't, whatever you do, don't eat the raw poultry. <laughs> and then you got Everett doing this. I mean, that's, I can't, can we, oh, sorry, everyone. I can't, we can't unthink that now, but anyway. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Inter, still top of the league, two points clear of Juve, who were, who were, Pretending that they're not trying to go for the title still. We can and see I think them. We know what they're working on. We can see them. Yeah. I mean, it is quite interesting though. I think there's a similarity a little bit with Arsenal last season in the sense that the absolute goal was top four again. Mm, the difference of the Juventus is they're kind of, you're always waiting for them to wake up. Mm. With respect to Arsenal, you know, like because Juventus is, you know, the resources, the tradition of just being that front runner for absolutely, well, for decades, frankly. Yeah you're always kind of worried that the beast is going to stir mm. and the beast has definitely stirred again. Allegri just, there was, a, there was an amazing stat about like his most common result and a one nil was the most common. Mm. I just thought, yeah, like he's back in his bag now. I think Inzaghi was really happy with that. Clear, yeah. You know, point away at Juve, kept it quite boring. I just love Inzaghi in big games. Like he's always, yeah. you tune in to watch this guy because he's always, mm -hmm. he always does something tactically. Mm that's just more interesting than everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Elsewhere, Napoli beat Atalanta uh, in Bergamo in the Derby della Guanga. Um, <laughs> yeah, good win for them. Was it Derby.guanga? I think it's Derby.guanga, right? Um, uh, goals Osimen, for Kravachkilia and... Oh, sorry, go on. Osman was very lively on Insta afterwards. He's been quite good. lively actually this year on Insta generally. Oh, Ian Wright talking about um, Osman to Arsenal links on Wright's house. Well sourced. Wow. I don't know. Well sourced, what, O-U-R or A-U-C? Like, what are you talking about? I mean, that, that would be, he'd be an incredible fit for them. Yeah. Uh, Flo brought it up, apparently links to Chelsea and Arsenal. Wow. I mean, we can save that and talk about it another time because I can't mm. talk about it now because we'll be here forever about how much I want that signing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, Kravitzkelia and Elmas with the goals for Napoli. Uh, Adam Ola-Lukman with another goal for Atalanta. Um, and uh, Milan beating Fiorentina at home 1-0. Uh, Roma beat Udinese 3-1. So it's into top ahead of Juve by two points. Milan four points behind Juve and Napoli round up the top four, two points behind Milan. Where do you want to go next? Very quickly to Liga. Very quickly to Liga. Yes, shout out PSG, this game quick. Yeah, yeah. PSG beat Monaco 5-2 and this was just the purest <laughs> chaos. It, it was so chaotic. Weird weekend for goalkeepers, huh? Just in it general was, around Europe. Yeah, Donnarumma was on a journey. Um, oh, yeah. But actually, but Monaco shouldn't... In, in, the, in, in Monaco's defence, that ball kicks up off the turf for the opener. It's a little oh, for bit... for Kern, yeah. For yeah, Kern. it's a little... It, it's a slightly... He, he, look, he should have done better with it, but it does kick up off the turf. Good, uh, good reactions from Gonzalo Ramos, though. This, absolutely. This game is so chaotic that, of course, Usman Dembele was at the absolute heart of it. First PSG goal, right? And what a goal. Oh, well, he won the penalty before that. And the, which the, Mbappe, the goal, uh, the oh, first touch oh to God. take it past his man was just... Usman Dembele, when he's on a tear, is... He's sick, man. He's like, he's he just, just absolutely lights out elite. Fatinia's goal as well was so good for the fourth. Oh, like, long glorious. range curl into the far corner. Bent it in the corner. Yep. Um, yeah, that's the... Just a really, a really, really fun game. A, yeah. ridic a ridiculous game, don't get me wrong. An absolutely ridiculous game. Yeah. Um, I mean, shouts to Fullerin Balogun and uh, Randall Kolomwani as well for their goals because they were both good goals. Yeah, no, Kolomwani is not actually really, um, 
he's not taken off like ex- as expected. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's reasons for that. It's because PSG as a team aren't really clicking and he's dividing time with Gonzalo Ramos as well. And I think the setup that he had at Eintracht was just so good. And there's more mm. eyes on him at PSG. There's lots of factors. Um, mm. But fundamentally, yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got the juice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, difficult when you're not Locking down starts, I think, to really exactly. kick on, especially a place yeah. like PSG and yeah, a new manager. Yeah, yeah. Can we go to the second best league in the world, which is yes. the Bundesliga? Mm. Bayer Leverkusen returned to the top of the table on Saturday after Bayern had beaten Köln in Köln 1-0. Another Harry Kane goal? Yeah, another. Uh, yeah. It could have been more for Bayern, actually. Yeah. It could have been much more like Schweber really kept Köln in it. They'll take a win at Köln any time, yeah. Uh, yeah, Leverkusen responded by beating Werder Bremen 3-0 in Bremen. Own goal for the first, second from yeah, Frimpong was amazing. And the third from Grimaldo again Lovely. was so good. He's like, uh, I was at the Dortmund-Gladbach game, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and I was with Seb Stafford-Bloor. And he was just like, has anyone had like an, uh, a collection? Or oh, you know if there was like a stat, like instead of XG, it was like a st- uh, expected aesthetic? Mm. The goals this season than Grimaldo. Because oh, they're all this, been this season. This season. Yeah, this season. Yeah. I mean, actually, there's a thing about um, Xabi Alonso and Nagelsmann, the similarity. They love a goal scoring left back. Yeah. They love that. They love that. Um, his Grimaldo's quality and him finding, I think, a permanent home. Because mm. there was, you know, when he was at Barca, there, he was like, he was hotly tipped and didn't quite work out, I think, at Benfica. And there was a lot of talk about him achieving his potential. But now, the way that all those Leverkusen players are moving. Chabi mm. is actually just coaching the absolute hindquarters of that squad. Dude, they look so good. So good, yeah. So, so good. Um, on Grimaldo, by the way, he's the um, only Leroy Sané, uh, only Sané, Appenda, Jonas Vind, Seu Garassi and Harry Kane have more goals in the Bundesliga this season then. Wow. He's left back. Yeah. But that, that's exactly what Angelino did with, the, with um, RB Leipzig. Yeah, true. Yeah, the way they constructed the attack because it was, it was so cleverly done. It's a sign of a beautifully coached team where the, te- the players ahead of him create so much distortion, distraction. They almost like, they create a gravity well. So they drag everyone out of position. So he's arriving through the chaos. Like he's arriving through the gap because they've just all, because you've got the multiple threats. You've got Boniface up in there as well. Just like, yeah dragging you everywhere. It's a nightmare. Do you want to yeah. know how good a job Jabby Alonso has done in the, what, not even a year since he's been there? What's that? So we took over, they were in the relegation zone, right? Wow. Uh, they've now equaled the best ever start to a Bundesliga season in history. Goodness me. Ever. Only once has a side started this, this well in the Bundesliga and that was buy-in yeah. in 2015-16. 11 wins, one draw after 12 games. It's, um, and it's the way that they're answering challenges from Bayern. Dude, they're amazing. I mean, uh, the thing is that in the past, take Peter Bosch's Leverkusen, right? Right, yeah, yeah. They absolutely, like, were lights out for the opening, I can't however remember. Few I mean, months. It was till January, right? Few months. But they were so, like, it, you, you referenced Man on Wire quite a lot on, on the show. Yeah. It was like someone doing, like, Man on Wire, but without one of those balancing sticks and just actually yeah. hitting it across the, the wire. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they're probably going to make it just pure on momentum. But if it goes wrong, it's going to go wrong. And it did go wrong. This Jabby Alonso side just looks way more street smart. And also you've got players who are there who are there for a reason. They're there to, you know, Granit Xhaka's gone there because he knows he's going to learn a lot and he's going to move into coaching, right? And I think that Leverkusen have, you know, they've kind of created a pathway for him. You've got a load of players who have moved there. I mean, like Florian Wirtz is a prime example, a young player who is going to be one of the best. He has the, the potential to be one of the best. At the end of his career, if someone said he was a top 20 German player of all time, it wouldn't surprise you. Dude, the guy's being coached by yeah. Chabby at club level and Nagelsmann for Germany. Yeah. Talk about elite. <laughs> it's, it's, like, yeah. it's really not that wild, right? Yeah, but then you have people like Josef Stanisic on loan from Bayern and he's still sitting on the bench there. But yeah. it, he's learning under. You've got uh, like, depth. You've got quality Alonso, Alonso is a major part of that. You've got hunger. You've got so much. There's Dude. players that Jabby Alonso will attract. Even prior to his start coaching there, people were already intrigued because they knew how smart his football mind was. They'd seen mm. like you know 
some of his games, Real Sociedad, they'd seen um, obviously his like coaching videos, but it's one thing to put it in practice. And now you see it, you see Frimpong just balling out. So good. Team that looked a bit um, a bit flat actually was RB Leipzig against mm. Wolfsburg. They looked a bit rickety, um, which was a slight surprise because yeah, they lost to Wolfsburg two one yeah, in yeah. Wolfsburg. Bad result that. Um, well, another goal for Jonas Vint though, who is putting together quite the season for Nico, under Nico Kovac. But on Leverkusen quickly, do you know who they play next? They uh, host Borussia Dortmund. Oh, wow. Who beat Gladbach in the Brussels derby on the weekend. A game you were at? Or two. I was at with Seb. It was... Seb Stafford Bloor, yep. Seb Stafford Bloor from TIFO and the Athletic. It was, it was great. We were sat next to each other. It was, was a great lovely. time. Lads like on a, tour. It's like a little school trip. Yeah. The least laddish lads on tour, though. You weren't like, you know, <laughs> no sort of knuckle-dragging energy. Good vibes. Seb brought Harry Bo. It was great. <laughs> I was so hyped. <laughs> the first half of this game was so good. Gladbach were really, really good in the opening 20 or so. Mm. Took a lead after about 13 minutes through Rocker uh, Wrights, who... Just two and two, is it? He's got a couple. Two and two, yeah. I think looking back, Nico Schlotterbeck maybe lunges in a little bit too early and, mm. and makes his mind up for him, but it was a great finish. And then... Um, Kone's goal. Oh my God, Manu Kone's goal. That was... <laughs> was like, how does he score so few when he's that good? Well, to, to be honest, this I, we were talking about this afterwards and I was saying how it was like, well, there's a kid in the playground and they're a bit too good or they're playing with the year below. Right. That's what that goal looked like because it how did. he had the time to collect the ball with his back to goal in the Dortmund half, uh, in the Dortmund box, dribble around a bit, cut back inside and have three Dortmund players around him, none of which made a tackle. Two of which, by the way, were Emre Chan and Mats Hummels, right. very experienced guys, right? And they let him get that shot away and he's got a clear path into the right-hand corner. An amazing Ripped goal, it. Ripped it. but it just should not have happened, right? And I'm there being like, I remembered at that point, I've never seen Dortmund win at the Westfalen. Oh my God. Honestly, I haven't. I, that right. was at, at two nil down. I was like, ah, oh, it's me. It's me actually. <laughs> What's that, that song? I'm the problem. It's me. The Taylor Swift song. Yeah, I think this is my fifth trip. Right. And it's, um, I think it's five, five or six. And I've never seen them win at the Westfalen. Then they start to, to mount a comeback. Marcel Sabitzer with a deflected goal at the back post gets them back in here. Two, just two minutes after Kone's goal actually. And then two minutes later, Dortmund at equal uh, a level. Great assist from Jamie Bino Gittins to Nicholas Falkrug. Had a great that was, finish. Oh my god! Such a good Talk finish. about that, that another faded finish. Cut across it. So good, man. Falkrug has been on one. Do you know? Ever since people kind of doubted Falkrug, he's been on one. Actually, yeah. After the after the buying game, he's been yeah. like, and that's what I took it personally. He's, he's locked in. Yeah, exactly. He's on a revenge tour. <laughs> I think Bino Gittins should have had a penalty. Mm. It looked at first like in in the stadium like a penalty and. In the Dortmund press box, you can kind of turn around and catch the replays on the in the boxes behind. Yeah, um, and on the replay, it looked a penalty as well, and it wasn't given. I'm not sure why. Maybe I haven't I haven't actually caught it again since, so maybe it was just completely fine. But then um, Jamie Bino Gittins himself scores the third for Dortmund just before half time, and, yeah. and capped off a really good performance from him. He looks fit. He looks sharp. This was a big game to start in for him, and. You know, he's put him in, himself in contention to start midweek in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, before I forget, oh, while we're just praising their first half performance, um, just for Brandt's work for the first goal. Yep. That really was good. spectacular. The way he dragged it across his man. Yeah, like and a, then, a crossover type dribble. Yeah, yeah. it's really interesting because Seb and I were talking about this and I was like, few wide players give you that strength after the, after the technical bit of skill because a few wide players have the physical presence of Julian Brandt, right? Mm. And he actually tries to get, he, he, he almost He's gets- He's deceptively strong actually, Brandt. Yeah, he kind of just, um, I can't remember who the defender was, forgive me, but he, but he he looks like he's about to get muscled off the ball and just doesn't. No. And then- Shakes him out the shoes. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. And then the second half actually was very chill. It mm. felt like, it, it felt like Dortmund were further ahead than they were actually, because it kind of felt very calm. There wasn't anywhere near as much like, tension or like it wasn't as fraught as the first half and then right at the end I saw for the first time in person a breakaway goal right at the end because the keeper's up for a corner it's the first mm. time I've ever seen one in person in a stadium and do you know what I did when Daniel Marlon wins the ball and starts breaking I stood up and was film, I started filming. I oh, like, you're joking. You captured it. I was like, this is going to be amazing. He's and so I filmed fast. the whole thing. Ryan, he went so and scored. Fast. And then I, I went to check the video afterwards. And what I'd actually done was 
Are you ready for my geriatric millennial moment? Oh no, you filmed yourself. I pressed record when I thought I'd press stop. Oh no. So all I got was a two second video of me putting the phone back down on the table. <laughs> that is so, that is, that is your dad era. <laughs> What's going on? I think I was just so cold. The weather, by the way, the first half in particular. Really? It was proper football weather. It was absolutely tipping it down, like hailstones, sleet, everything. And the mm. game was really end to end. It was such a, it was an amazing, amazing game to be at, especially in the first half. It was, mm. it was great. And then a really good win for Dortmund. And they go to Leverkusen next weekend. So Love that. that's going to be another one. Um, quick shout for Union, who got their first point in forever mm. in the league. And um, I'm just extremely pleased for Marco Grota to, to start with a good, a good result. Especially coming back from one down. Yeah, I mean, it looked at, I mean, a late, a late goal by Kevin Folland mm. got them a point at home. And it's just, they just need to build. Yeah, for sure. They're only two points off safety at the moment. And they actually, well, yeah, they go to Bayern next week, which is going to be tricky. And they've got a midweek trip to Braga. So Goodness, yeah. tricky run of form, uh, tricky run of fixtures coming up. They've got Gladbach at home after that. Who, and it's worth saying that that result by, by Dortmund was good because Gladbach have been looking pretty decent, actually, under mm. Gerardo Serrani. But yeah, good to see Union getting a point. Let's quickly wrap up on La Liga. Jude Bellingham yes. broke a Real Madrid record by scoring his 14th goal in his first 15 games and he broke a record which had been held jointly by Cristiano Ronaldo, Alfredo Di Stefano and Prudence Sanchez. You know, it's so wild about that. First of all, the most remarkable thing about that is not even about that he broke a Cristiano Ronaldo scoring record. That is unbelievable. The other thing is that when he was, it's so strange you should mention this because when I was watching play the other day against Cadiz, when he was jogging forward on the counter a couple of times, I was like, they're going to start comparing this man to Di Stefano. Mm. It sounds really weird because the Zidane comparison has been made, but I'm like, no, actually, like, and this is not a knock on Zidane. Like, how could you knock Zidane? He's arguably more complete. I don't mean a complete midfielder. I don't mean that. I mean, in, no, more versatile in a way that De Stefano was. De Stefano could play multiple positions to an elite level. And Jude Bellingham, quite frankly, if you put him with a bit of coaching in different places, he'd be elite at like eight different positions. Like he's, he's that good. And that was the wild thing. Watching him stride forward the other day was like, this guy is, this guy stays healthy. He's already doing things that are like beyond comprehension. But the Di Stefano comparison, it's so strange because I literally thought the other day watching him. When I watched mm -hmm. him against Cadiz, I'm like, I can't believe I'm even thinking this. But they're going to start putting this man in the same category. If he stays healthy for the next few years, mm. he'll end up doing something remarkable there. Something that happens for the, I think it's the second Rodrigo goal. Who was good, by the way, Rodrigo. Can um, I say shout out to him because he's really, the last few, there I am, oh, not a volume goal scorer. And now he's just like, I mean, it's only like seven and 18, but the trend is really positive and he's getting into great positions and he's being really assertive. He, he yeah. lifted, did you not see his celebration? No. He lifted up his shirt and just said, fuck you, Okwanga. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, won't be the first, won't be the last. He just lifted, <laughs> lifted up his t-shirt and said, this one's for the pass first striker. <laughs> and there's, what I was going to say was the thing that I noticed about Jude Bellingham as well, that for the second Rodrigo goal, he makes that run out wide left and just takes, mm. he just opens up the middle. For the on-rerun, the on-rerun. It was so good. Yeah. He's a little bit matrixy, Jude Bellingham at the moment. He just feels yeah. like week after week that he just gets plugged in and learns some new skill yeah. or some new yeah. kind of understanding of football and he just continues to improve without losing any of the stuff that he's learned beforehand. He could be, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that thing. But he, he's progressed at such a rate and he's passed so many tests in front of him and his skill set is so broad. Mm. We could be looking at one of the most complete players of all time, if not the most. That's wild. That's so why is it though, actually. We joke, no, we know it's wild that we're saying it this early because we talk about to Stefano. We've already compared him to Rude Hillett, you know, Jude Hillett, whatever. Like, yeah. But he just has the complete package. It's, 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 I the don't only, think, is that, Rude is that, Hillett is I mean, the only other player yeah. I've seen this dominant. Yeah. You know, Rude Hillett playing as a sweeper against Italy, like yeah. 21. But that's but this is it, the really. thing yeah. he has, like, you remember when I was yeah. talking, like, Lothar Mateus said, like, the player that most reminds him of him is just like Jude Bellingham, right? And I'm like, yeah, but I think that. He has, he already has almost complete skill sets from 
some of the all-time greats. Yeah. With with like space to grow as well. That's the scary. Yeah, there's thing. a lot. There's a lot of space to grow. The thing, the thing, the thing with him is, is that you just you're like he's so fucking good, but actually you can imagine him becoming way, way, way better. What he did in the Classico, most players don't do until their fourth or fifth season. Mm. They build towards that performance. It's like a crescendo. Oh wow! Like yeah. oh, four seasons in, they come of age, and he just. He just went and did it. And he didn't even play that well and he, get, he scores two goals and wins the game for them. It's just like, what? That's like, yeah. Roy the I mean, Rover's shit. Yeah, it is. It's so wild, honestly. Uh, so that took Real Madrid to the top of the table because we are recording this ahead of Girona hosting Athletic Club. Mm. Um, Atleti beat Mallorca 1-0 and, uh, and go Bruce. to Barcelona next week, which is going to be sick because Barcelona have fallen behind Atleti on goal difference. Let's check that out. Barcelona have fallen behind Atleti on goal difference. <laughs> what is? I'm sorry, but that's got a, that's got a sting. Uh, they, that they, it's wild. They drew away at Rio on the weekend, and Real Sociedad won again. They beat Sevilla two one. Um, nice run, Sociedad. They're doing nice really run. well, man. Yeah. They kind of lost that game at home to Barcelona, and they had that those two games back to back. They drew away at Rio and then lost at home mm. to Barca. But they've been on really, really good form, especially in Europe. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and the Champions League is back this week. Can't wait. Europe's second best. Second best. <laughs> no, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave the WSL and all things women's football to counter press because yeah. we've gone long this week. Yeah. So, no, um, all good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good, actually. I'm good. Don't forget to check Wright's House, which is up now, for more talk, talk about Arsenal and the Premier League. We'll be back after the Champions League this week. And uh, don't forget to check the Stadio Outros place on Spotify. Speaking of which, this episode we're playing on we're playing out on Preacher Man out of this world. I'm gonna send this out to some of the goals that were scored this weekend because they there were some goals that were out of this world, Musa. See what we've done there. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add, Musa Agwanga? Nothing further. Alright everyone, much love, have a great week. Stay warm. We'll be back with you on Thursday. See you then.